Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. All right, let's jump to the Word. Have you got Matthew? Did you find it? I gave you plenty of time to find it, so you all need to be there. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 18. Are you there? Let's go. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. This is speaking of Jesus. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. Said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, say immediately, immediately the fig tree withered away. Let's stop there for a minute. I've always liked this story because it feels to me on the surface and we know that Jesus is God and He has incredible self-control. But it feels to me on the surface that He just got mad, doesn't it? I know you don't wanna admit it, but it looks like It looks like Jesus, on the surface, let's just roll with me for a minute. Jesus approaches, He's hungry. He goes to the fig tree. He wants to eat. The tree has no figs. So Jesus curses the whole tree and the tree dies. That's one of the things that I liked about this story initially is He went there wanting food. But the tree was not ready to produce what he wanted. So he just, he just shut the whole thing down. Kind of like how you pull into Chick-fil-A ready to eat on a Sunday. <laughs> and forget that those jokers are closed on Sunday. How many of you have done that before? Listen, every other day you are praising God that Chick-fil-A has a man leading it that is a man of integrity and of kingdom and is closing his doors on a Sunday and you're excited about it unless you're hungry on Sunday. This is, this is, this is what it looks like. And so, but let, let's keep reading, let's, let's keep reading because it's, an, it's actually an interesting story. And so it's so interesting that the disciples, they come to Jesus later because what we just read was, we read about a, a demonstration. Now let's look at the explanation. And when the disciples saw it, they marvelled. And they said, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? And Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things, say whatever things, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Now I want, I want to look at this, this whole story. I know I broke it up in the middle, but I want, you, I want to look at this whole story. Because when we look at this, initially this story, and, and you, can, you can study it and, and look at it from various different angles and, and perspectives. 
initially you look at the story and it, and it feels, it sounds like it's a, because really this is a life, this is a, a real life parable. This is what this is. There is a situation that takes place whereby this, this tree is fruitless um, and Jesus curses the whole tree. And then what He does is later He explains what that was about. That's, that's what's going on. It's like a real life parable. But I was looking at it and, and, and studying it. And you can see that it's a story. It is a story that, that looks like it's about fruit. And there's lots of perspectives on it. And there's lots of um, theologians that, that say various different things. Some say um, it's, it's, it's representative of, of Israel at the time, that, that, that the church at the time was, was like a church that, that looked the part but had no power, that, that it was a church that, that on the exterior, they say perhaps it, this was what, what he was doing. This was, this was what the, 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 the story of the fig tree and the leaves and, and, and no fruit was talking about a church that is, they described it like this, a hollow church that was, that was empty, that had a nice building. And of course, that's, that, that there is, there's, there's power in that. And, and we can take that for our lives. How many love the Word of God that it can, it can speak to you on multiple levels that, that some say it's not just about Israel, it's about our life, our life that we need to, and this is true as well, that we need to be people that produce, that we don't just preach power, but we produce fruit in our life. Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, selfness, self-control. We, this is what we need to be operating in. I think one of the biggest criticisms, and I think personally rightly so, of unchurched people that they would have of churched people is that we preach something that we don't practice, that we talk about love and we talk about gentleness until we get to the 405 on a Monday morning and we don't express it, that we talk about one thing in church, but live something else. And, and, this, and this story can, can do that. It can, this little parable of the fig tree and the leaves, because the leaves, it looked healthy, but it wasn't producing fruit. And so it can speak to us on this level. And, and I was looking at all of those and they were all good and, and, and I got something out of it. You know, like you, you perhaps already, and it's speaking to you because that's the Word. But then when I continued reading, when I continued reading and I read Jesus' explanation of it, I saw something different in this story. Because when Jesus, the disciples ask Jesus and they say to Jesus, what, what's, this thing, what's this thing all about? And it's interesting because Jesus, the first thing He starts to talk about is He doesn't talk about fruit, but He starts talking about faith. And that's where it messed with me because I was expecting Jesus, if I hadn't read it before, I was expecting Jesus to start saying, you need to be people that don't just look the part, but produce fruit. But that's not what He said. He said, if you have faith, He said, he said if you have faith, what you saw me do is almost like the disciples came to Him thinking about what needing an explanation about fruit. But Jesus bypassed what they were asking and started talking on a whole nother level as if to say the fruit had nothing to do with the story. It was the faith that I wanted you to catch out of this story. It's not the lack of fruit that was on the tree, but it was the level of faith that I was operating in. And if you catch what I'm saying right now, you will see that we need to be people. Listen, 
that are more faith-focused than we are fruit-focused. Because as I started to read it, I started to look at, at my own life and I started to think about my own level of faith. And I thought to myself, you know what? I think when it comes to faith, I'm a little bit too fruit happy. Like this, like the level of faith I have is often dependent upon how much fruit I'm seeing. And, and, and sometimes I think that's where we live too often, that, that my, faith, my faith gets excited when I see fruit. But if I don't see fruit, it affects my faith. And I started thinking about my faith and I started to see what I think Jesus was showing the disciples here, that we need to be people that are more about faith than we are fruit. Because if we are people that have a deep level of faith, we will produce fruit. But if we wait for the fruit in our life to release faith in our spirit, then it's really not faith at all because you just saw it happen. And faith is not believing in what you see, it's believing in what you cannot, which means when there's nothing on the tree, you have faith anyway because you know who God is. And despite a fruitless tree, you won't live a faithless life. He was speaking he was speaking about faith because that's what happened. He came to the story. He came to, in the story. He comes to the tree and the tree's not producing fruit. So Jesus' faith shuts the whole thing down. The level of faith that Jesus has, it trumps the lack of fruit that was on the tree. And He walks up and says, you know what? Doesn't matter anyway. Because I walk in something, I'll close this whole thing down in a second. We get too rattled by fruit. We get too, it's like fig faith. We have this fig level faith in our life too often that if I'm seeing figs and I'm picking figs and figs are coming and figs are growing and I'm getting figs, we're pumped up and we're excited. We're going to church and we're double dipping, triple dipping on a Sunday until the fruit dries up. And then we're looking around wondering who God is. God never left. It was the figs that left. But if you keep standing, you'll have faith that will outlast the figs. It was never, it was never about figs. It's, it's, it's a faith. Let me tell you something. Figs make a bad foundation for faith. They make, the, the problem is with our faith. Problem is with our faith is more often than not, our faith gets shaky because our foundation is off. Our foundation's off. And, and, and we too often in church, we live these, this, this, I'm not saying that, that we don't have, have faith. I think sometimes is the, the lack of depth in our foundation that affects the level of faith we operate in. That, that, how many know that, that, that if the foundation is not deep, the building cannot be great. And, and, and this, is, this is what he's talking about in this, in this parable, if you like, that, that we have to be people that don't get faith from our fruit. See, too, see, too often we wait for our, our, the fruit 
to produce faith. So, so, so I, I will, when, 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 when I see provision, when I see provision, I will believe then in blessing. If I see God turn it around, then I'll believe that He can. If I see a miracle, I'll believe God heals. See, that's, that's faith based on fruit. But, but we need to be people that have faith in spite of fruit. That, that I can look at a dried up tree that has no figs and still believe that God is able and that God is faithful. And if I cannot do that, if I cannot do that, then, then maybe, can I suggest maybe my faith, maybe I'm trying to build a foundation of faith based on figs, based on fruit in my life. And so what I wanna give you this morning that you can take away is I wanna give you quickly, I wrote down three foundations for your faith. And I want you to write them down. I want you to get it on your phone or, or do something, write it on your neighbour's hand or something, whatever. But you got, because this is where, this is where we, get, we get rattled because it's, it's not that we don't want, who doesn't want faith? We, we want faith. Come on, we're in church on, you're in church on Sunday. I want more faith. You want, we want greater faith. We want to operate in, in a greater level of faith. I pray all the time, God, give me, give me more faith. It's, it's, not, it's, it's more about praying, f- less about God do more in my life. And it's more saying, God, give me greater faith. Because if we understand that Jesus Christ has done it all on the cross, then the issue is not about Him doing more. It's about me believing more. So if I have greater faith, I can access greater promises. So we have to have a deeper foundation. The first foundation I want you to write down is the foundation of promise, of promise. It has to be the foundation. This, this, these, this is three, three little things. It'll, it'll help to keep your faith afloat. It keeps your faith, your faith solid, keeps your faith you know, above the surface of what you're going through. But it has to have a foundation that is grounded upon the promises of God. Because that's all you can, st- you, you, you cannot stand on anything else. Let, let me put it like this. God, the, 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 there's not a promise in Scripture that says to us um, that our kids are not gonna mess up. I wish I could tell you there was. I wish, how many parents want to, I wish, I wish I could tell you that there was a promise in Scripture that says, thus saith the Lord, your kids will be angels for the rest of your life. I would receive that. Come on, eight days a week, I would receive that bad boy. But there's not, that's not a promise to stand on. The promise you can stand on is Proverbs 22 verse six, that if I train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart. So he may stray from it, 
But if I declare the promise of God over my children, He's only gonna get so far. They're only gonna get so far before the promise of God will pull them back in line according to God's Word. So listen, if this is, this is the importance of a promise to stand on. You cannot stand on God, I pray that nothing bad ever happens with my children because that's, that's not a promise you can stand on. And if you try and stand on that, then you're gonna get shaky. Your faith is gonna get fig-like the moment your kids start messing up. But if you've got a promise that you can say they may mess up, but they will not depart and they will come back. The Bible says they'll come back when they're old and they may come back younger or older than you want them to, but you can stand on the promise that God knows best and His promise is true and that will keep your faith. It'll keep you, it may not keep your feelings afloat. You're gonna cry You're gonna cuss out every person that walks past you. You're gonna scream. You're gonna have moments, but your faith, your faith, see, that's what we, we just want fear. We confuse faith and feelings. And we think if I feel bad, then God's not in it. But sometimes when you feel the worst, God's in it the most because God is doing a great work based on His Word and what His Word is saying is true over your life and not your feelings, not your feelings. There's not, listen, there is no promise in the Bible that you're gonna have moments, listen, listen, where you feel like you are absolutely losing it. There, there's no promise. You ever, you ever have those, you, you, when you're straight up, feel like you are losing the plot. You are not gonna survive another day. You're gonna murder every single member of your household. You are not gonna make it through the rest of the week. You feel like you cannot contain it anymore. Let me tell you something, to encourage you, there is no promise in the Bible that you're not gonna have moments where you feel like you are losing the plot. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Because listen, listen, that's not a promise. Because guess what? You're gonna have moments where you're losing the plot. But do you know the promise that you can stand on? Be anxious. See, you know it. We can quote it, but we're not standing on it. Be anxious for some things. No, be anxious for a couple things. No, be anxious for those things that are dear to you. No, it says be anxious for You better say it better than that. Be anxious for? There is not one single thing in your life that is worth being anxious about. Not your job, not your marriage, not your finances, not your kids, not what's gonna happen tomorrow. Not one single thing. Be anxious for nothing, but doesn't stop there. But in all things, say all things. With prayer and petition, present your request before God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So you may feel like you're losing it, but you will not lose it because God's peace is gonna guard you and you can stand on that as a promise and the promise will keep your faith afloat. See that? This is how the Word of God works. It's just about building the right foundations. Figs are not a good foundation for your 
faith. That's how our faith gets fickle. When we try and build faith on figs, faith on what's happening in front of me, faith on what I can see, faith on what I can touch, faith on what I can feel, it's fig faith and it will not last. Do you want another one? I'm gonna say it anyway, even if you don't say you do. Listen, there is no promise in the Bible at all that says you're not gonna have moments where you're freaking out about your future. There's no, there's no promise. In fact, you are gonna have moments where you're gonna freak out about your future. Where the heck is your husband? Where is your wife? Why are you single and 40? What is gonna happen next week? Where is this job going? You're gonna have, listen, you're gonna have, I wish I had a better message for you, but I don't. This is it, this is what God gave me. So you just gotta love it and lump it and walk out and maybe next week will get better. But listen, listen, you're gonna have moments. You're gonna have moments where you are freaking out about where your job is headed, why you can't get pregnant, what the future looks like. You're gonna have moments like that. So you cannot, Try and build a foundation of faith upon the promise that I'm not gonna have moments where I'm freaking out about tomorrow. That's not a foundation that will fall apart. Why? Because it's fig stuff. It's it's figs. It's not gonna last. But you do have a promise in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know, listen, you may not know it, but He knows it. He says, for I know, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future, which means you can stand on that when tomorrow seems unstable, when next next week seems shaky. You can stand on the fact that you may not know, but your God knows what's going on and it's not your responsibility to control your future. He orders your steps and everything's gonna be all right. You may be freaking out between now and tomorrow, but that's okay. You, your faith, your faith will stay solid. Can I give you another one? You know I'm going to. Listen, listen, listen. You, there is no promise. Listen, there's a business owners, you're gonna hate me. But there's no promise in the Bible that your business is gonna explode. Oh, oh, listen, I, I prayed, I asked God. I said, God, show me something so I can get up there and tell them that this week God told me that your business is gonna blow up in a good way. <laughs> All those older crew that were freaking out on me, your business, listen, I, I wanted to get up, I wanted to get up, I wanted, I wanted to get up and tell you that your business is about to go through the roof. But do you know what? Listen, listen, don't leave when I say this. It might not. I know that doubt and unbelief just hit you, didn't it? Because it's not a promise in God's Word. Do you know what is a promise? That you will be blessed. Let me show you. Do you believe me? That's good. I'm going to show you anyway. Genesis 12. Genesis 12 and verse 2. Let's look at this. This is God speaking to Abram. This is Old Covenant. This is Old Testament. But we know that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are in New Covenant. So as we read this, we can read this by, as in something that Jesus Christ has already done. He says to Abram, God says to Abram, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. So New Covenant, that reads, I have. I want you to say it with me. 
I have blessed you. Say it over yourself. Say this. I say it like you're awake. Say I say it like you had a couple shots this morning. Say I am blessed. I am blessed. This is not something that you're praying is going to come upon you. Because if you're praying that it would come upon you, that would suggest that Jesus Christ didn't do everything on the cross. He did it all on the cross, which means you are blessed. Whether you live blessed or not is based upon what you will believe. And if you would believe it, you will receive it. Say it again. I am blessed. Do you want to keep reading? Let's do it and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. Listen to this, the level to which you, as we read this, it gets in your spirit. That's what's important about reading the Word of God. But the level to which you believe it will determine the level to which you receive it. And if you read this and you believe it, you will then receive it over your life. And a byproduct of receiving the blessing may be that your business will explode. But if it does or doesn't, you need to believe the promise of God that you are blessed, which which means He might bless you through the business or bless you through something else. But don't let the devil steal your faith based on what happens in your business tomorrow. It's fig faith. Look at someone say, it's fig faith. It's fig faith. We cannot have this faith. Are you ready? I'm gonna give you two more things before we finish. I wanna show you Psalm 37 verse three. Let's look at this, David. It's gonna come up on the screen. David said this. So the first foundation for your faith is a promise. It's a promise. Do you get that? It's a promise. The second thing, Psalm 37 verse three says, trust in the Lord. Trust, it means to be confident. He says, be confident in the Lord and do good. Now the way you could say it is, is have faith in God, not in figs, in God. Had faith in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Look at this, this, this here. And feed Feed on His faithfulness. Feed on His faithfulness. The word feed, it means to consume. It means to devour. Watch, watch what you feed upon determines the level of nourishment you get, doesn't it? Feed, devour. You know what other interpretations for the word? It means to, to be close to or a companion with. So let's, let's read, can we read these couple words again based on that? Feed on His faithfulness. Devour, consume, focus upon, be close to, be in companionship with the faithfulness of God. This is important, church. What, what this is saying, what David is saying, again, remember, he started off by saying, trust in the Lord, be confident, the confidence, the faith that I have in God. Another foundation, and this is what I wrote down, is it has to be based on promise, but it also has to be, has to be founded upon a pattern, a pattern of God's faithfulness in your life. A pattern is something that has been reproduced time and time and time again. So how do you keep your faith solid? How do you keep your faith 
strong is you continue to remind yourself and to be in companionship with the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. That if God has been good to you before, then He's gonna be good to you again. That you need to remind yourself that there is a pattern. Sometimes you gotta, I like to look at it like this, sometimes you gotta walk forward facing backward. Sometimes what's in front of you will scare you too much. So turn your back to it and take steps going backward into it, reminding yourself of everything that God has done across your path and how He's never let you down, of how He's never forsaken you, of how He's always been with you and let that be the foundation for your faith, the goodness of God. That's why David said, I will enter His house with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. David says right from the start, right from the very, very start. That's why we start church on Sunday with praise. We're gonna start by saying, God, You've been good to me. Yes, I've got things I need You to still do. But first and foremost, I'm gonna say, God, I thank You. God, I praise You. You've been with me when I didn't deserve it. You've guided me. You've directed me. You've surrounded me. You have to remind yourself that there is a pattern. There is a pattern where He is continually produced in your life. That'll keep your faith strong. Got to have the promise, you got to have the pattern. And the last thing, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12, 2, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking to Jesus. I'm so glad it says His name there and not mine. See, too often we think, we, we think that what we deserve or what we want or what we can do is gonna keep our faith. No, it's not gonna keep your faith. You've got to have it. It's got to be a foundation based upon His promise, upon the pattern of His goodness and upon the price that He has paid. If you, if you think that, that you're gonna try and get things to happen in your life and stay up and, and keep in faith because you deserve it or because you can earn it on your own or because you're gonna achieve it by good works. No, no, you're not gonna be able to do it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You, it has to be grounded upon the price that Jesus Christ paid. You Listen, we don't deserve to be blessed. So I cannot have faith for blessing in my life based upon what I deserve because I don't deserve it. But if I put the blood of Jesus on my life and I receive Jesus, God does not look at me as me. He looks at me filtered through the blood of Jesus Christ and according to the price He paid, I may not have deserved it, but I can receive it by the grace of God. The blessing of God is upon my life because of God's grace and His goodness. Listen, this will keep, how do you believe for things? How do you have faith? Some of you that are single and you're believing for a spouse, but because of past mistakes, the enemy's trying to tell you that you don't deserve God's best. I'm gonna tell you different. 
Maybe because of your past, you don't deserve it. But there is another past called the past of Jesus Christ. Maybe because of what you did, you should settle for second best because you dated some losers that screwed you up and now you're thinking that you're gonna settle for second best. But I wanna tell you that your God wrapped Himself in flesh, came down and hung on a cross so that you can shut the door to every loser that's ever screwed you up in your past and you can walk into the best that God has for you, not because you deserve it, but because the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you and has set you free from every mistake you have ever made so you can have faith for it, business owners. Some of you have made some, let's be honest, some of you have made some dumb decisions. Every business owner. Some of you, some of you, you just screwed that whole thing up. Hey, made some dumb mistakes and you don't deserve for the blessing of God to be on your business. But by His grace and by His goodness, you should have declared bankruptcy and maybe some of you did, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God and the hand of God that was upon your life, you were able to believe that He could restore it, that He could do it again, that He could pick you back up from where you were and walk you into something great, not because you deserve it, but because God is that good and His blood is that powerful and His grace is able and God is that faithful Listen, this, 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 this will keep. I'm not telling you it's this. Listen, pat, promise, pattern and the price, it's not gonna help your feelings. Watch Oprah for that. She'll do amazing. Watch, watch, listen, go, 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 go do something, whatever. Go play golf for that. That'll help you out. Go for a surf, go walk on the beach, do something else. This is not for your feelings. This is for your faith because feelings are like figs, they're gonna come and grow, but faith will keep you rock solid when there's nothing on the tree and everything looks dark and you feel like it's falling apart. I couldn't care less about feelings. I need some faith that's gonna keep me afloat and gonna keep me grounded in the things of God and the promises of God for my life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.